Hi, this is David Sweet, CEO and founder of Focus Core Japan. And if you were like many of the APAC leaders that I speak to, you're struggling in Japan to find the right talent. You get bombarded with irrelevant resumes or a lack of resumes altogether. I would like to invite you to discover the power of Focus Core's retained search. Let Focus Core help you swiftly secure top tier talent in this candidate short market. I'd like to invite you to shoot me an email and explore how we're different. And with a 100% refundable trial, we can revolutionize your hiring process today. Now, on to our podcast. Babble about、uh, the Greeks and the、Sorry. French and, and the Germans and <laughs> evolving languages. Yeah. That's, that sounds good to me. So, welcome, good morning, good day, wherever you may be. Welcome to the Focus Core podcast. I'm again joined with senior consultant Jonathan Kant. Kant? Kant? Kant. Kant.、Uh, yeah, going back into the German. I'm here joined with Jonathan Kant, who can.、Um, following up,、um, you had recently done a very hugely successful webinar about、um, going from accountant to business partner, hosted with、uh, the IMA, the Institute、mm-hmm. of Management Accountants. And in that、uh, webinar, Uh, you had some questions for the session, and it was、uh, wonderful, and you had some great insights. So,、uh, I'm hoping today we'll go through that.、Mm. Um, but、uh, welcome, Jonathan. Hi, David. So, why don't,、uh, for those who don't know you and who didn't listen to a previous podcast with you, tell us about Jonathan Kant and your current path to. Where you're at now. Right. Well,、um, yeah, so it's, it's,、um, it's, a, it's, a, it's about as、uh, straightforward a path as,、uh, as anyone could hope for.、Um, not particularly、uh, straightforward at all.、Um, so I began、uh, really enjoying learning languages at school. I ended up going to university to study French and linguistics.、Um, I wanted to apply my abilities and my knowledge of language by living in a foreign country. It was fairly non specific, actually,、uh, right at the beginning.、Um, I had kind of designs on Spain and Italy, and、um, you know, I'd had,、uh, I knew people who'd gone to the Czech Republic, and then I had a friend who had come to Japan. He was living in Yokohama,、um, and、uh, he said, You would like the lifestyle. I think you should come over here and check it out. I think your background would be good you know, for you to be an English teacher, which you know, I think is fair enough. And so in 2004, I came here and I taught English、uh, for a couple of years. And、um, I was fortunate enough to have the opportunity to get promoted and become a trainer and a people manager. And I led、um, some quite large teams. Over the years,、um, 
and I uh, realized that the skills that I had um, acquired doing those jobs were skills I could apply in other fields. And I um, uh, felt that um, I wanted to extend myself and um, challenge myself uh, and, and also help people. So talking to lots and lots of people over a couple of years, I ended up settling on uh, recruitment being the path that I wanted to to apply the skills in, and, and, and uh, that's why I'm here. So, yeah, that's, it's kind of, um, you know, I think everybody comes to where they are from fairly unpredictable paths, and, and uh, certainly in, in my case, that's, that's the truth. It's good. Uh, we were talking beforehand. Uh, you state psychology that that fits in well, and the other thing is, as we tell candidates when they're getting ready for interviews, you live your life and it's chaotic as you move forward. But when you're in an interview, when you're explaining that path, it needs to be logical. And looking backward, it it seems more logical than it does looking forward, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think. Um, I think uh, in my Specifically, in my case, um, the the idea that I enjoy helping people and I think I have an affinity for uh, talking to people and learning about them um, and giving them the opportunity to learn about me, uh, I think that that has been present through probably from when I went to university, um, and it's been an area that you know continued to develop for me and I think it, it it's just I think looking at that particular area of what I do and who I am I think that it, it, it explains a lot it, it sort of um, it, it, it adds clarification where maybe clarification might be needed um, as to how you know I could start off studying French or teaching English and then be recruiting um, and you know you can see parallels in the skill set uh, in those different areas. So now that you're you're doing executive search, what's uh, what do you think your your most important lesson you've learned then in in executive search? Um, I think there's a lot to be said for um, being open to all possible outcomes um, and to be essentially kind of to be accepting and tolerant of the fact that any number of different things can happen and um, related to that I think patience goes along with with that whole thing uh, we have talked on, on numerous occasions about uh, the fact that although it's a fast-paced job patience is one of the most important attributes that you can have but as I say, I think for me, something which has been a, a, an area of development in the past nine months, probably, is this idea that any number of different things could happen and it's important to be accepting of them. And to be accepting of them, it's important to kind of almost predict those different outcomes. So um, whether it's a successful outcome, which is obviously the most desirable one, uh, or uh, uh, an unsuccessful outcome, which is clearly not desirable, it's unfavorable, or whatever. Um, it's good to know that those kinds of things could happen 
for any number of reasons at any time. And uh, yeah, for me, that's something that I, I don't know whether I always had a handle on that. And I'm not sure I still do yet, but, um, but it's definitely something that has been important. That's great. I always uh, liken it to a, a metaphor of surfing in that <laughs> you, you can't really control a wave. You can only control how you, you go into the wave and how you ride it. And that's what you enjoy. Sometimes you, you wipe out, but you know, most of the time you, you ride it and then you have to, you have to enjoy that wave. And that's why you're out in that, that chaos. Anyway, you're in the waves to you. You don't want a, a, a sea without those waves. That wouldn't be fun of uh, the fun way to, to spend your, your time uh, surfing. So. I yeah, think that's the no, same it's way with a really our business. Good image. It's a very, very good image, I think, and um, it definitely uh, it, it resonates. And uh, with uh, your professional career, what? Uh, who's been a, a important professional mentor for you? This is um, this is an interesting question because looking back, there have been like a huge number of different people who have impacted on me and even when i was 22 years old and i just graduated university and uh i worked in a summer school program in york with spanish italian and uh, french kids um and it was kind of my first experience of having what you might call authority uh of being this kind of like authority person this kind of uh figure that the, the kids had to kind of listen to and, and look up to and I found it quite hard I think it's my first experience of that kind of role first of all and teenagers are hard to kind of deal with um, and I had a, a colleague who was also from the northeast of England but she definitely had more of an accent than I do <laughs> uh, a lady called Carolyn um, she was a couple of years older than me she had a bit of teaching experience she had a very strong personality and um, she used to kind of, um, you know, whether it was over a pint at the end of the day or whether it was, you know, over lunch, when I just had like what felt like the worst morning of lessons I'd ever had, you know, she would be the person who would sort of, I guess, help me to reset. Um, and it was very casual. It wasn't like she was my boss. It was mm. definitely like, you know, you, it's good that, this is about mentors because she was definitely a mentor and um, she supported me as I chose to go into teaching in the first place. Um, she was living in Nice. Um, I think she's back in the UK now, but she was in Nice for quite a long time as a teacher. And I visited her down there. Uh, by the way, go to Nice. If you've not been to Nice before, it's absolutely amazing city. And she would talk to me about the job and she would talk to me about the, uh, the, the, the position that you hold and the fact that you have to be in control and you have to be, you know, you have to present yourself as somebody who your uh, students want to listen to. And, mm. um, and it was, you know, you can't be too nice. You can't be too agreeable because that's just not how life works. And that's certainly not how learning should work either. But um, it was really, really good to have her. And then moving forward from that, um, definitely over 
the time that I became a manager um, in my previous role, um, there was a there was a guy who was the um, I guess you would say he was the kind of the head of the academic side at my previous company, and um, he was a fairly kind of interesting character. He wasn't a very sociable guy, um, but he he had a kind of glint in his eye, and he was quite funny as well as being very clear when he had to be. And he managed the company through the earthquake. Uh, I know that you've had that experience yourself, of kind of of riding that wave, which was a substantially challenging wave. Um, and Richard, his name was Richard, he was very, very um, clear and supportive. And, you know, he wouldn't always be kind of waving his big stick. It was, it was a lot of like, okay, I get where you're coming from with whatever frustrations I had at the age of 27. But you've got to remember X, Y, and Z. And, you know, there was a lot of kind of, um, uh, what's the word, anchoring maybe, that he would mm-hmm. kind of... Uh, he would give me and you know i've completely lost touch with him since he left left japan in 2012 i've not heard from him since then but he was a very very important figure and then now at focus core um you know i i definitely would say yourself and simon have been very very important for me to kind of carry the skills that i had from um from people management in education into this world, which in many ways is not so new to me, but in many ways is incredibly kind of, um, you know, undiscovered territory. Um, and I appreciate the um, the way that people who have that experience or that kind of voice can frame a situation and say, look, this is, this is what probably is happening. Um, have you thought about that? Um, I don't always like being elicited from, but I think it's quite a good challenge as well to have to think about um, how uh, how I could solve my problem, um, you know, uh, because at the end of the day, that I'm the person who's going to be dealing with them. It's not it's not you or or, or Richard or Carolyn in the past, you know. It's, it's me. So yeah, I think there's, there's always been like a feeling with mentors that I've had. That maybe like it's not an, necessarily uh, an awareness that this person is my mentor, but looking back and um, and viewing my current situation, it's obvious who those people are. That's great. So there's a lot to to uh, summarize there. I think that's important. You know, you'd mentioned you know first that kind of character building that Caroline gave you that you that ability to. Um, present that that gravitas for mm-hmm. students and and then being able to have someone like Richard that can support you and and push you forward um, you'd mentioned like Simon who's fantastic coach and uh, myself you know working around framing um, and putting things in perspective and I think uh, yeah, I think we're very good at saying okay what's <laughs> what's your take on it? Uh, I know from my experience in in consulting and sales and, and when you're working with other people in general and coaching people, you're the one who's in the middle of that the experience. And so you know what's going on. And sometimes you need guidance, but 
in general, from what I found in executive coaching is that if you ask enough questions and listen to the answers that the person really knows what to do. And they probably know better than an external person would. Yeah. You did. Uh, so let's jump into the um, from accountant to business partner. So let's let's first um, kind of frame that. Let's put this in perspective. You were you you did a webinar. You asked some questions. Let's kind of lay the groundwork for us so that we can kind of see what uh, where we're going to go before we dive into to these specific uh, questions and that uh, that you asked. Great. Um, yeah. So I mean, the first thing to say. Um, is that um, this idea of finance business partnering, maybe what what it involves is not new, but it feels like the title or this kind of um, umbrella term is relatively recent. And and what it describes is the person who is, you know, um, using uh, financial data, financial information to help uh, propel a company forward and the, uh, uh, the 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 important thing there is to obviously you know have this 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 knowledge of 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 of, of maybe a background of bookkeeping or whatever but then it's also the the ability to use that knowledge to talk to people uh, in other divisions or higher up the company or even outside the company in order to develop um, what's going on at the organization and make things better. I'm going to stop you for a second. Hold on one second. You cut out for about 30 seconds. Did I? Yeah. So I don't know what happened. So it froze. So let's, uh, let's, I'm going to go back and I'll ask the question. I'll edit it. Don't worry. So just so that we, let's move into, uh, from accountant to business partner, uh, mm-hmm. for the webinar and, Help me uh, kind of pre- present kind of the overall uh, arching idea that you had uh, and the questions that that we'll be going through and just paint us a picture for that context, please, Jonathan. Yeah, sure. So the, the, the context is um, that the, the fundamental background of accounting, of having financial knowledge um, for many people becomes like, uh, almost like a springboard to influence the company and, and help propel the company forward. And that could, in, that could involve talking to people above you, that could inv- involve talking to people around you in different divisions, and it could, even, it could even involve things like vendor management, talking to people, external stakeholders. And it may not be a, a new skill set necessarily but the um the term finance business partnering seems like a recent uh development perhaps and and what it involves is like taking your skills as an accountant taking your knowledge of the book and your understanding of how the financials of a company work and then using those knowledge that that knowledge um and those data to um to help maybe senior decision makers or, uh, as I mentioned, other departments to do things which will, you know, have a positive impact on the company. And we did a webinar in partnership with the IMA um, 
the Institute of Management Accountants, and they are an organization who they uh, they they're involved in in uh, the CMA program, the Certified Management Accountant program, which um, essentially is a like a a benchmark uh, qualification for anybody in FP&A or kind of business partnering roles. And we wanted to look at the journey from accountant to business partner. So taking those fundamental skills, your CPA or your niche or bookie or whatever it might be, and the time that you, you've spent doing journal entry and um, doing AP and AR and, and GL work, and then using that understanding and that knowledge for a kind of a uh, I hesitate to say greater good because I don't want to offend accountants, but um, you know something which will have a you know a, a really more kind of deep impact on the future of the business. Uh, people often say that accountants are talking about the past or possibly the present, and mm-hmm. and FP&A people and as business partners are looking at the future, and um, and I think that's where um, a growing a uh, group of finance professionals want to take their skills. Now, during the course of the um, the webinar, there were four questions asked, and um, through the, the wonders of technology, we we have the the data, the uh, uh, the numbers of people who responded, and the ways in which they responded, and we we wanted to look at you know their feelings on 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 what they want to do with their career. <clears throat> great so and we'll put a link to, to those the poll and the questions as well in the the show notes yeah that's, that's thank you that's, that's great um so um yeah i summarized um the the results in, in an article at the end of june and um uh basically what we saw was the way that accounting professionals are looking at their careers so the first question was about um what are the important benefits of business partnering to finance professionals? Like, why is business partnering as a as a skill set or as a discipline? Why is that important to finance people? Um, and the kind of the the largest response was definitely to do with enhanced skills, knowledge, and competencies. That was almost forty two percent of the uh, of of the response uh, responses. Um, and obviously, that's that's a really nice sign for me. I, I, I like learning, and I like knowing that other people like to learn as well. Um, and of course, there is a point to that. You know, building up your skill set will allow you to do more things, different things, perhaps earn more money uh, in the future. So that makes sense anyway. But um, yeah, so that that was the the, the top answer. Second was to do with improved job enrichment. That was 16%. Um, and again, there's, an I think, an idea that I, I suppose for many people, if you get stuck in, stuck is probably too harsh a word to use, but if you stay in the same position for a while, you can become um, maybe a little bit bored or a little bit, um, you know, uh, it can seem less exciting. Um, so changing and learning and developing provides improved job enrichment. Um, 
And then finally, uh, the, 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 the third of the top three was to do with improved personal connections. That was just under 12%. Um, and here, what we're, what we're looking at and what we're seeing is that a finance business partner will be talking to sales and marketing. They'll be talking to the C-level. Um, as I mentioned earlier, they'll be talking to external stakeholders as well. And it's an opportunity when you're using your knowledge as an accountant or as a finance professional to help or impact other people while well, you're meeting other people, you're improving your network, you're developing connections and relationships. So uh, definitely good. That's great. So the, the first question was the important benefits of business partnering to financial finance professionals. Yeah, um, yeah I found that uh, it was interesting to me out of that, that for that question that um, a, a portion of the respondents really did want to make connection within the organization. And that was the important part for them to moving towards business partnering. And uh, so that was good. The, the next question was the basic skills uh, finance professionals want to improve. Uh, so let's talk around that for a little bit, Jonathan. Sure. So um, again, when you're looking at a finance business partnering position, there's a lot of FP&A in there. So doing the analysis, looking at the numbers and seeing what they mean. But within that, um, you're also looking ahead to seeing how they could change. Uh, so budgeting and forecasting, definitely areas where a finance business partner is going to be looking at using their knowledge of, 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 uh, of results to then help future uh, change in the organization. But uh, the interesting thing was um, actually before we even got to that, the, the most the, the the highest number uh, of respondents was for understanding and interpreting data, and that came to just over twenty eight percent. And I think what's interesting about that is that um, maybe if you're an accountant, you're good at um, you know recording data at you know, inputting data, making sure that the data is correct when you report it, whether that's, you know, uh, collating invoices or, or, or payment orders or whatever it might be, but then being able to see what they actually mean for the organization is about a different step um, from just that, 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 that initial phase of, of, of being an accountant and, and, and looking at of what what is it actually showing us? What is last month or last quarter's or last year's results actually showing us? And how can we use that information to, um, in some way, work with uh, executive management or with sales or with marketing to to change things for the better? Um, so, looking at the people who attended the webinar, and it was I think over 130 people actually who did attend this is the kind of the strongest response to this question second was forecasting which perhaps is a similar idea so uh, understanding okay this is what happened uh for the past three months the past six months 
so we can maybe see a trend and maybe we can look ahead and maybe in the next three months, this might happen or that might happen. Hmm. And that was 20% of the respondents. So, you know, I think it's, it, 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 it kind of surprised me actually because these top two responses here, I mean, they are basic skills and finance professionals still want to improve their abilities with doing the basics. Um, uh, and I guess that's a reminder to us all that, you know, we, you know, much as we, we might think we're really good, you know, we're really advanced, and, you know, we already know that to, to go back and to kind of review and to, uh, to reinforce your, your knowledge of the basics is important. The yeah. third of the top three actually related to that was just how a business functions financially. And that was just under 15% of respondents. And again, you know, that's a, Perhaps it could seem like a very straightforward thing to say, but actually maybe it's not. Um, and maybe you, you do need to kind of understand, you know, how all of the moving parts of the organization come together, uh, you know, in, in the balance sheet and the PL. Um, I think that's, it was interesting for me to see these answers. Hmm. Yeah, it was interesting. I think that really the challenge to really find the not only understanding that data and then finding how the macro view of how those levers control a business to move forward. And um, as a, as a business owner, as someone's been in senior management for a long time, it's always um, it's difficult to find finance professionals that can get outside of just the numbers and move it into the context of the actual business and how all the interlinking parts really, really do tie together. And that the finance is, is one lever, uh, but it, it's a very clear, clear indicator that uh, can help and be so powerful in, in operating the organization, but it, the understanding and interpreting the data has to be done well. Definitely. And it has to be the right data that they're, they're pulling at. Right. Yeah, definitely. That's fantastic. Then uh, this is, this, this one was my favorite. Um, the third question, broader skills, finance professionals want to improve. So this is where it gets really interesting because these are the kind of the real kind of the power skills of a good finance business partner, I think. Um, this is beyond just your understanding of what the, what, the, what the financials mean. This is taking that information and learning how to use it when you talk to your stakeholders, whoever they may be. And when looking at things like leadership, communication, storytelling, strategy, influencing, and relationship building. Those are the, the, the six areas that respondents, that the, attendee, the attendees of the uh, webinar were asked about. And the top, by quite a long way, almost a third of the responses was to do with strategic thinking. Um, and I guess from my understanding of that, you know, you're, you're really you want to be able to support the leadership of your organization and give them direction. You know, maybe people always think of the, 
the C-suite is the people who give the direction to the rest of the company, but they can only do that if they're given, you know, solid advice by the people who really know how the business is functioning from a financial perspective. Strategy is hard. I mean, I was terrible at risk when I was a kid, like awful. And my friends used to laugh at me for, you know, making, you know, naff decisions. Um, Just start from Australia. Then you'll win the game. That's what Eddie is up to. Um, <laughs> um, and and, and I, I just never got that. So I can completely understand that an accountant wants to kind of develop their strategy and their understanding of, of, of how to build the strategy for a business. Um, second was storytelling. And, and I think this is, um, it's kind of, it could be in some ways confusing because communication skills is in there as well. Influencing is in there as well. And storytelling is probably a combination of the communication and the influence. Um, what it really means for a finance business partner is understanding that the people that you're talking to don't necessarily understand finance. They don't necessarily understand accounting. And actually, they probably don't even care about all the kind of nitty gritty numbers. And what they need is like clear, um, clear information that will support them making the right decision. So they don't necessarily need to know about, you know, uh, all of the different things that come together to create a result on the balance sheet. But they do need to know that, okay, well, you know, a year ago we were making, I don't know, 10% profit. And now for the first six months of this year, we've been making 4% profit. You know, we need to do something about, you know, to change what's going on. And and how uh, a finance business partner frames that that story is a real skill. Um, and, and, it, and, and it's not something that comes easily to people who are maybe they've spent the first five years of their career literally working with numbers and working with people who understand those numbers as well. If you're an accountant, you know, you're working on an accounting team, that's your life as a, in terms of your working life. You know, if you get external stakeholders, it's probably an auditor. And they, that's their life as well. So, it's, you know, there's not that much kind of variation. If you're suddenly in a, in a board meeting and, you know, I've spoken to um, perhaps comparatively speaking, relatively junior people, but they work in a small enough company to be in the board meeting with the CEO and the CFO and the COO. And, you, you know, you have to be in a situation where you can report and you can advise and you can explain in a way that creates enough of an impact to, to, to make change happen. Um, and, and I think that's why storytelling is such a, uh, an important core skill for these people. This, that's why this is my favorite question, because I have a, a friend of mine, we, we go and uh, he's always asking me for finance people that can tell stories, that can explain hmm to the board what's going on and he's he's been interviewing people for years and few and far between can these people tell stories and it's a it's it's that's why i thought this was a wonderful question in that that's the skill that um business 
professionals, like finance professionals want to improve, I think that's spot on, especially if they're going to move into being a business partner, they have to be able to tell stories. Because if you're speaking to board members, oftentimes they they can look at the numbers themselves. They don't need, but they need the story of how everything interrelates. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then the uh, last question. Um, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. go on. The last question. Yeah, I was jumping in, but you, you go ahead. Well, yeah, the, the interpersonal areas finance professionals want to focus on. Yeah, so again, <clears throat> I think a, a, a really important thing to, 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 to focus on for what these people have to do is the interpersonal reactions that they have with uh, team members, whether it's a stakeholder um, within their department or outside their department or outside the company. And um, there's a lot of areas to interpersonal interactions, which you know, we can all develop. Uh, and finance business partners are no different. So we're looking at you know, how, and you know, related maybe to storytelling is, you know, storytelling is a good way to, to think about what those skills need to be um because as we just said not everybody understands the the finer details um so like i'll skip to the second most popular response but it's key on, on this part of the conversation which is to keep things simple and focused 20 percent of the respondents said that they wanted to keep things simple and focused. They wanted to learn or develop how they can report key information without clouding the mind of their um, their stakeholder with too much detail. Um, because maybe, yeah, as we said, if you if you understand that much detail, it's it's difficult to to know which parts are necessary and which parts are not. Um, actually, above this was the need to build trust. And that's like a huge thing, like 40% of respondents from the, uh, the webinar attendees said that they wanted to learn to focus on building trust. And this is because coming from the finance team into another division, for example, I think especially if you're marketing, I think the, the instinct, and probably HR is another area, to be honest, but like the instinct is, okay, this person's going to tell me that I can't have as much money as I had last year or as much money as I need or whatever. Um, for, for HR or TA, it might be, oh, this person's going to come in from finance and tell me that I can't use agencies um, for recruitment. Um, so for the finance professional, it's definitely important to, to be able to build those relationships so that there is a degree of trust and people don't think that you're coming at them from a, a point of view of negativity or, or whatever, that, but that you're actually going to help them. Um, and I think that like perhaps that's an area where people coming out of uh, an accounting team, they 
maybe it makes them nervous, the prospect of going into the marketing department and talking to them about next year's campaign. Um, yeah, so no, I, th- I thought this was like quite revealing in terms of where finance professionals are at. Um, and it was, um, but it's also, as I, as I mentioned before, it's refreshing to see that people want to develop and they want to get better at these very, very important areas um, for the, uh, the business partnering uh, role. Um, so definitely uh, something that um, we hope to look at in more detail and we've partnered with the IMA um, and we are looking to plan more events and more articles uh, moving forward in the, in the coming year. Um, and it's definitely something that, you know, fascinates me um, as something of an outsider, having never worked on an accounting team, but certainly I've worked with lots of people who have this knowledge and skill set. And it's very interesting to see how they develop through their careers. That's great. Yeah, I think uh, it's interesting, you know, nearly half of the respondents said building trust. And to me, that's, that's exceptional that that relationship is so important within an organization for the finance professional to really have that relationship from all levels of an organization and to be able to build upon that. And, and I think it goes back to the, you know, some of these other questions with the storytelling, keeping things simple, keeping it focused and just uh, working around that uh, the communication skills um, through different levels of an organization. So I thought it was, was fascinating. What's uh, for you, what was your kind of big overall arching takeaway from, from, uh, from the questionnaire? I feel like the whole experience of the webinar and um, the way that we saw people responding to these questions, um, I found it very refreshing. I, I, I often find this kind of experience to be quite refreshing to see just how positive people are about wanting to develop their skills. And, and maybe related to that is to how positive people are in terms of just the idea of working with different people and, you know, working with new people and, and developing relationships. Um, I think it's, it just makes me feel good to see um, how positive people are about those two areas, you know, building relationships and building their skill set. Definitely. That's great. I, my, when I went through the results and I was thinking for professionals that want to move into that C-suite to a CFO level role, they need to go through this. And it, it, it's a huge blueprint for what areas to improve on. Yeah. And it's very clear uh, that if you want to be the CFO for a Fortune 500 company, for a Gaishke company in Japan, these areas are the ones that you need to, to work on. And even if it's a, a softer skill of storytelling, sit down with a mentor and learn how to practice taking these numbers out and storytelling. 
if it's going through and looking at how to analyze the numbers better, then, then that's something that you need to work on. So it became quite apparent that these are the parts that uh, a finance prof- professional moving into that business partnering into the CFO role and can really accelerate their career. So I thought it was uh, an exceptional, exceptional tool. Well, Jonathan, thank you so much for joining again. Always insightful. What's uh, what's the next? Uh, we got a web, webinar coming up again. Well, um, so um, I'm not sure when this is going out, but of course, um, our, our esteemed colleague Hisato Wakazumi has his webinar, um, which is uh, coming up in the middle of August, and then beyond that, um, we're looking at. Um, from my perspective, I'm keen to do a webinar about uh, how CEOs um, can uh, achieve success, um, especially through difficult times. Um, and that's something I'm building towards um, as later in the year. But um, uh, with the IMA, we're looking to the COVID depending, maybe have a, an in-person event. Um, and if our partner can make it over to, to, to Tokyo in the next few months, then we'll, uh, we'll be definitely planning something around uh, this whole topic of finance business partnering. Um, uh, and it will be a really good opportunity for people to actually meet in person, which is something that we've kind of become unaccustomed to in the past couple of years. That's fantastic. So. For more information, go to the Focus Core website. That is www.japan.focuscoregroup.com. And there's recordings of all the webinars on there. There are links to uh, the information that we've been talking about today, to other articles, other blogs, as well as other podcasts. So feel free to go to our website and take a look at all this information. And again, thank you, Jonathan, for sharing your information and thank you all for listening. Thank you, David. Cut. Cool. Another success story. (laughs) 